Hello everybody and welcome to another naturopath specialty session. Today we are going to talk about the dieting world, the good, bad and the ugly, so to speak. And we've got the wonderful naturopath, nutritionist and personal trainer all world into one wonderful woman called Wendy Burke. Welcome, Wendy. Thanks, Amy. Nice to be here. Thanks for coming along. So, Wendy, you've got quite an interesting background as far as it comes with weight loss, weight management, personal training, dieting. Are you able to share a bit of your story with us today? Yeah, I'd love to. Well, my um, my history with, with weight loss and dieting is, is through my own, really. So I came into health quite late in life. I was um, a bigger kid, uh, translated into a bigger adolescent. So as long as I can remember, I was always the biggest kid in the room. And I, I do remember being teased at school for being the biggest kid there. Um, lots of embarrassing moments at, at school, as you can imagine, sometimes adolescents aren't very nice to each other um, and that translated into being a, a bigger a bigger adult and one of the things that I think happened really early in my life is this body image issue that was reoccurring over and over again because I was you know I was a, I was a big kid and it was pointed out to me on on a number of different occasions so um, working into then a, a early adulthood, um, I was still pretty overweight. I had a, a couple of cracks at losing weight, but there was, um, I, I lost weight a couple of times and probably, you know, 15, 20 kilos, something like that. And it was through some really strong restrictive dieting and a lot of exercise. There was this lingering, you know, dislike of myself, I suppose you could say, that, that kept through the whole whole way. And I, um, I think that there was probably once or twice maybe for eight months at a time that I would have been, say, a size 14. That was the smallest I was I was at that stage. Um, and when I got quite a lot bigger than that, I got up to a size 22 at one point. Um, but my I was married, um, oh gosh, that would have been nearly 20 years ago now, my first husband, and really that was born out of a... I didn't like myself very much and he asked me to marry him and I didn't think anyone else would actually ask me. So the body image that I had was so poor that it drove me to make a decision to marry this person that I actually didn't like mm. but was scared to be alone. So um, that obviously didn't last that long because I didn't dislike myself enough to stay with someone who was completely incompatible with me. Um, and through the course of life I, I, um, I met my... I met my husband um, and I was at a smaller weight when I met my husband. It was one of the times I had lost weight. So let's say I was about, I don't know, 14, something like that. And we, you know, fell in love, had a baby and I ballooned heavily out. Um, I, that was when I uh, was a size 22, I think, with my um, young son. I had been diagnosed with postnatal depression. Um, we went on a holiday to Tasmania and I pretty much had a, what would be classified as a mini nervous breakdown. Mm -hmm. And that was when I said to Dan, I just, I can't do this anymore. I, I've, I've got to do something. So we made a plan, one of which was to um, go back on, um, I was on antidepressants, to go back on antidepressants, find a gym. Um, I originally went to a, a Weight Watchers style of dieting place. As I was losing weight and exercising, I was recognising things about the way that good food made me feel. I didn't... 
I didn't uh, dislike myself as much. I had energy. My brain was working properly. And I'd lost about 25 kilos when I decided that I would like to go and study that um, nutrition because it made me feel so good. And I was amazed at the difference that just good food made. So I was eating fruit and vegetable. Oh, my God, who would have thought? <laughs> How amazing fruit and vegetables can make you feel. Like crazy. Um, so went back totally. I threw in a corporate career that I had, which, you know, made good money. Um, now in a job that doesn't make quite as much money as that, but that's okay. Um, studied nutrition and I ended up going from a size 22 to the size 12 that I am now over a period of time. But one of the things, the most important thing that happened to me was not the weight loss, was when I went to a natural health college. And natural health college, as we know, is based upon the principles of a holistic care. So mind, body, spirit, how your emotions then affect your health um, and your motivation then to choose different things. And I recognised that I had this really strong dislike of myself and my body. So that was when I started to change my mindset about what I thought about myself, what I thought about other people, and then consequently what I thought about food. And I really understood then that gratefulness is really important, um, that looking at things in a positive light makes a huge difference. And, and I guess it was the recognition that the food took me so far, but it was the change in the way that I started to think about myself and I started to actually like myself. And at that point, I was fortunate enough to meet probably Australia's leading uh, weight management psychologist, um, Glenn McIntosh. I met him at a fitness conference and um, followed him for a while on social media and then went to see him and did, I did some professional development with him. We've known each other now for quite a few years. And he really introduced me to the principles of non-dieting. And non-dieting is all about tuning back into your body and feeling what food makes you feel. Am I hungry? Am I full? Does this food make my brain work well? Does it make my body work well? Am I moving for the joy of moving or am I punishing myself at the gym because I ate a brownie? And that really sealed me. Okay, I, and I hear it today. Like, oh, I'm quite a gym junkie. You'd expect that, I suppose, with a personal <laughs> trainer. Um, and I hear people go, yeah, I to go to the gym so I can have, you know, champagne on a Friday night. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not healthy. That's not the, what you're supposed to do. We're supposed to move for the joy of, of moving. So, um, and, and that's, I guess, where, where I came from here. So I ended up going back and doing naturopathy in addition to nutrition because I recognised how amazing herbs can be to help the body move in the direction that it needs to go in and sometimes quicker than nutrition can. Um, and I did personal training just because I really like training. So I thought that I could help people um, with training principles as well. But that's my, that's the short version yeah. of that. But across, along the way, I also had another son. Um, and in the end, my weight loss is about 45 kilos and I've maintained that now for five, five years or so. Um, and, and I suppose the one thing that I always try and say to people is my life isn't better because I lost weight. My life is better because I learned to like myself yeah. and I learned to eat foods that help me function well and to have a mindset that puts me in a position where I'm grateful for what I do and what other people have been able to do for me, if that yeah, makes any sense. But it certainly hasn't been an easy road. You know, I've got two kids who are nutbags. No, they're not nutbags. They're beautiful. Um, but, but it hasn't been perfect at yeah. all. And I think 
you know, we were chatting earlier and I don't know how many people have sat in front of my office and said, if I could just lose 10 kilos, my life would be better. Like, well, no, no, it won't be better. You'll be smaller. Um, maybe some of your health issues will be a little bit less. But if you were having, you know, if you didn't like yourself before, you're probably not going to like yourself after that. That's a much deeper, there's more deeper work to, to be done with that. And I really feel, I haven't given you much of a chance to even say anything yet, have I? I really feel that this is, this is an area that we don't explore much of. We're bombarded with diet and exercise and it's not the key. There's so much more. And that's why I think naturopathy is in such a beautiful place to help people who are bigger and feel like they need to be smaller because it's not about it's not about size there is an issue of health and they are not the same thing people collapse health and weight into this one equation and they're totally different so i feel like naturopathy because we are a holistic we're a holistic modality we have so much to offer um, you know, because we understand that the, the mind and mindset is so massively important in what we do. We get that sleep is important. We get that food is important. We understand movement is important. So to me, I think naturopathy is actually in one of the best positions to help people with um, illnesses that seem to be related to weight or people who have weight issues or think they have weight issues. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I believe that the body just follows where the mind is going. It's that energy flows where attention goes. And mm, it's so interesting that you talk about the, like even yourself when you were focusing so much on the weight loss rather than just being your healthy self and doing the fitness to get stronger and doing the fitness because it makes you feel good. Mm. Um, I've seen plenty of women down the other end of that spectrum where they've lost loads of weight like postpartum they're like running themselves into the ground because they're breastfeeding they're looking after the baby and they're not looking after themselves and they're getting really skinny and everyone keeps commenting on how amazing they look yet they come and see me and they're like people keep telling me how amazing I look but I don't feel amazing and mm. you know it's exactly like what you said just because somebody gets smaller doesn't necessarily mean that all their problems are going to melt away like this yeah that, that's right. And I think like what you have said there, Amy, is one of the fundamental um, society issues that we have. And I don't have the magic solution. I've got a solution, but it's probably not the magic solution. You know, one of the things that is so conditioned in the world that we, we live in is that there's this ideal that is put out there in marketing and social media about what we're supposed to look like. And there's also this association that when you're smaller and thinner, then you equals happy and great and we feel bigger then that equals sadness and loneliness and that is not true and I, I I really always keep coming back to you know that even bigger doesn't necessarily mean that you are unhealthy in fact you know it was only just this year the American um, Medical Association journal that comes out it, it had an article in regards to um, fitness versus fatness and the reality was that the mortality risk is much lower for someone who is cardiovascular fit and it's irrelevant of BMI. So you can have a larger person that is actually quite cardiovascularly fit 
um, and they will outlive the skinny person who is not cardiovascular fit. So, I mean, that fits into the category that you're talking about. There's mums who, and there's no way that they could be cardiovascular fit because they're probably sleep deprived and, you know, nutrition deprived as well. Um, So a bigger person in this case will actually be a healthier individual. And I I certainly find that myself, the the food that I eat and the, the exercise that I do, I'm still, you know, I'm not a small person. I have quite chunky thighs and I have quite a chunky butt and that's cool. I, I don't mind that. It allows me to lift weights. But, you know, I look at some much thinner people than I who are inactive and I go, um, you know, it, it, thinness is not healthier it's just that that's what we are we have this societal belief because we've been marketed to for such a long time in regards to it and you know all evidence you know i find it really amusing that we we we're living in a world now that demands evidence-based medicine and evidence-based you know as you know even our our industry is very evidence-based and the reality is that every single piece of evidence shows us that skinniness does not actually equal health Mm. cardiovascular health is more important than the size and I find it astounding that you know the evidence is there the evidence for restrictive dieting not being a solution is there I mean you know there's journals journals since the 1950s that have talked about how losing weight because through restrictive dieting and exercise alone will result in weight gain in usually a year and often with more so the 1950s was the first stat that they came up with and that's where people will get that you know 95 percent of people who lose significant amounts of weight will put it back on again but i mean even in the last decade there's been you know really reputable journal the clinical uh, the american journal of clinical nutrition they estimate about 65 percent of people who lose significant amounts of weight will put it back on again the psychological side of society of america they talk about 80 percent have people who lose significant amounts of weight will regain it within a year and I don't know any other industry or any other profession that would tolerate you know a 60 to 80 percent what I would term a failure rate diets restrictive diets don't actually work long term but we we're so conditioned to this is the only way because we're like let's face it it's a billion 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 dollar industry Mm, so we can buy companies you know try this restrictive diet um, you know it'll result in great weight loss and I can tell you just about any, any well-written plan will result in weight loss. Success comes if you maintain it. Yeah. And that is where mindset becomes so important. Are you eating on an emotion? And I guarantee just about every adult yeah. has some emotional eating. Um, we, we've, we've termed one in the clinic here, procrastinate. Oh, yeah. So it's when you're I've, procrastinating. I'm a bit partial to that also. Yep. Yep. Me too. Make another uh, cup of tea. <laughs> that's right. I really don't want to do this. So I'm going to go and open the fridge. Have a look. See if there's something in there. Still and the I'll same last time. <laughs> but then I might pick up something and I'll eat on it because that will. I don't have to do that. Yep. Um, but I mean, there's other emotions at play too. And I mean, there's the one that we've seen in Hollywood that someone's eating a tub of ice cream because they're sad but there's a bunch of other emotions that we eat on as well you know is eating on anger i found that one of mine is actually happiness i unnecessarily eat unhappiness so yeah. and it comes back to my background of when my family got together and everyone was happy we yeah. ate and drank so as soon as i feel happy i feel like i need to go and eat and that's ignoring our inbuilt mechanisms of hunger and fullness we have 
We have the perfect system in our body, our perfect weight management system. Eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full, and don't eat unless you are hungry. Don't eat because you're with your mates having a coffee and a muffin and, you know, it's honouring honouring your body mm. to put in your body what it needs, I suppose. So I'm just wondering, Wendy, there are some people who um, go too long without food. So if they're ignoring mm. their hunger signal and then it goes away, what happens then? They're not really well, listening just... to their body and then does it come no. back like tenfold later? Uh, yes and no. Yep. Um, in that, what it normally results in is then your altered signals. So those are often the people that will have a fractured relationship with food. Yep. If not that day, then later on someday. If you lose your ability to be able to tune into your own inbuilt mechanisms, then at some point you will overeat. At mm. some point you will undereat, and that then will have a knock-on effect on what your metabolism can actually cope with. There is no doubt. Again, the evidence shows us that yo-yo dieting or even eating when you're not hungry or full or stopping when you're full can have an effect on your metabolic rate. So, um, you know, we're so finely tuned. We have Mm. such an amazing system. And the the trick is also, I suppose, we're in a world that we, I don't know that most of us really actually know what hungry is. Yeah, you're so right. Because we've got so much food. Yeah. And... Like I know with my own kids, they get this little tweak of, I'm so hungry. Are you really, mate? <laughs> or is it just that you're not full because yeah. we're full all the time? Yeah. That the absence of fullness, we think we're hungry. So yeah. there's some cool exercises that you can actually do around hunger training and get yeah. getting back in touch with your hunger, hunger signal. So it takes some effort, but yeah. what you do is you go through and rate what your hunger sensation is out of five. And then you eat and re-rate it to see where you're at. One of the things that you can also do at the same time is you can work out whether you're actually eating if you're hungry or eating on an emotion. And it allows you to then identify if you are an emotional eater. There is there is no doubt that emotional eating is a really big part of, um, of weight or, or the putting on weight and we live in a world that has hyper palatable foods that light up our brain and it becomes a reward circuitry as well so those highly palatable foods um, allow your you know your reward system to go ding beautiful that was great i felt terrible now i've eaten and now i feel better yeah and our beautiful brain who's only ever trying to do the right thing by us next time we feel bad we go, oh, I remember now if I ate that thing, it made me feel a little bit better. So I'm going to go and eat that thing again because that made us feel a bit better. But in the meantime, you have this cycle of, oh, my God, I shouldn't have eaten that. Then I have this guilt cycle and I feel really bad and then I'm going to eat that again because I feel really bad and there's sort of non-stop vicious cycle. And I've compressed a lot of that into one, but there is definitely issues in the, especially in the world that we live in now issues around not honoring hunger and fullness and also eating hyper palatable foods yeah. that just send your brain into hyperdrive like we just our brains weren't really built to cope with the volume of super processed food that exists yeah totally totally i agree so wendy one thing that i notice i do is on a day where i've not drunk enough water 
I get my thirst and hunger signals mixed up. So I can definitely overeat when I finish a meal. I'm like, I'm still hungry. And then I think, oh, it's because I haven't drunk water. As soon as I drink water, I'm like, oh, I'm full. And, and you're dead right, Amy. And again, that comes back to, you know, honouring honoring our bodies and the health of our bodies. And that's the cornerstone of non-dieting principles. Um, and I'll explain what non-dieting is in a tick. But the cornerstone of non-dieting principles is that you honour your body, that you look after it. So that, that goes with the whole, you know, am I drinking enough water because I know that helps my body function? And if I'm not drinking enough water and I'm eating, stop and think. If you're eating mindfully, then you'll know. Like you just said, you'll go, oh, it's because I'm thirsty. So you are mindful enough of your body that you recognise that those signals. But there's a bunch of us that aren't as mindful or have had to learn to be that mindful that we would just keep eating. Mm. So it comes down to when I'm eating mindfully, is this really what I'm, am I actually wanting food or is it something else that I'm wanting rather than eating while I'm scrolling through facey or watching television or reading because you can't, like your brain can only figure out so many things at the one time. And if you're focusing over here on Facebook or, or reading while you're eating, it's so much harder to understand the signals. So it's harder to read. Is that thirst or is that hunger? Am I eating, you know, shoveling this in my face for five minutes because I've got five minutes to spare at my work? Like I know it sounds really corny and old school, but the reality is it's important to take the time to eat and and eat well and with a mindful attitude because your body will then recognise what's actually happening. That's what how we were always supposed to do that. And I, I get that we've got a bunch of things to do, but if we're talking about health mm. and people really wanting to improve their health or if they feel that they do they do have, a, a if they're in a bigger body and they feel like they'd want to be in a smaller body, then the very first place to start is... Am I eating when I'm hungry and do I stop when I'm full and do I eat on an emotion? Mm. They're the the first three things I would would say start with that self-awareness and if you can't pick it up, then go seek the help of a professional that can help you do that. And there's a bunch of great naturopaths, a bunch of really good weight management psychologists and there's also there's some quite good non-dieting dietitians out there as well. Um, but I'm always really mindful of trying to make sure that people understand that restrictive dieting for weight loss will only work in the short term. And I've got no problems people starting with that approach, but you have to also, you have to do the mind work if you want it to last. So you have to do the, why am I eating when I'm not hungry? What's my self-image like? You know, self-image is almost the greatest indicator of weight success that you can possibly have. Image is, self-image is the, we never talk about it in weight circles very much because there's this natural assumption that it will just improve when you lose weight because that's mm. what we're told, right? Mm. That's what the media tells us because aren't all thin people like happy and stuff? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think we we miss we miss the whole portion of what needs to be done for this to be sustainable, and that's the key. You know, the key is: do you want this for a whole life, or you know, do you just want to lose weight and then put it back on again? Like most people I speak to, they want to have a good relationship with food. They don't want to eat a brownie and feel guilty about it. You know, there's a place for eating a brownie yep. without guilt. Totally. It, Exactly. And I find um, 
you know, the, the, the image, the mind work, it's just not covered generally. Um, and, and like I say, I think our, our industry, naturopathy, is the perfect place for that. But I even find even our industry sometimes there just there isn't enough. Um, we put a lot of focus in mind work for other conditions, but yeah. sometimes we don't put that as much in weight management conditions. And of course, you know, you do the work beforehand as well, you know, make sure that the gut is working well and the thyroid's working well and the hormones are balanced and, you know, all of those things because they yeah. have a massive impact yeah. on the size of someone. But I think even for the, you know, for the average person out there, recognising that the, the same that I hear used to hear all the time when I was at a bigger commercial gym was, you know, you just need to eat less and move more and it's not it's not like that it's so much more no, complicated it's totally and, and i know right and i i'm still astounded that people think that that's that's the way to lose weight and it's not like your body will fight you unless oh, yes. you can do the mind work and and do do the background work and sometimes you know when i when I say to people who, who come to me is i don't know exactly how this is going to end up you might lose you know, you might lose some weight, you might not lose as much weight as you want, but I guarantee you you'll have a better relationship with food and you'll take skills with you that you can hold with you for the rest of your life. And I think that is something that is um, is more important, but it's tricky in the world that we live in because we're sold, you know, lose 20 kilos and you'll be a happy person. That's and it. I think it's not like that. <laughs> no, it's certainly not. And, yeah, all these various shake programs and shake this and shake that, just drink a shake. <laughs> it's like these people love food. Don't tell someone who loves food to just drink a shake and say that everything's just going to be okay. <laughs> it's oh, like, all right, I, I've had my shake. Now give me something else. <laughs> I can't tell you how, um, how much I dislike meal replacement programs um they have a place before someone goes in for surgery and that is probably the only place Mm -hmm. that they have so um for specific reasons i absolutely understand why people are on them but i think you know at the end of the day i I always say to people for your whole life we've got to figure this out for your whole life so we shake you know replacing your shake every day it's not your whole life Mm -mm. you can't you can't do that for the rest. And why would you want to do that for the rest of your life as well? So let's go back to the start and let, we'll look at your diet. And it's not that I go eat everything you want. Let's look at your diet. What's not serving you well from a health point of view? Mm. What's likely to be triggering some of those emotional reactions in your brain? If there's a reason why, you know, are you eating at 7 o'clock every night because you're by yourself and you're lonely? Well, let's do something about your loneliness then. Yeah. Let's figure out another avenue for you because that's not healthy you know i hear mums often say that glass of wine at five o'clock that helps me relax i love a glass of wine but if i become if my if my happiness becomes dependent on that glass of wine then i go oh no okay no and I've, that's happened before you know that little glass of wine sneaks in every night and you go oh. yeah and that's usually when you go no way I know, right? And that's when you go, no, no. if I need a glass of wine to relax, then I'm starting to become dependent on food or alcohol, you know, whatever it is. That's it. Works under a similar principle. So it's it's that raw work of what what's at the core of this. And and sometimes they, you know, we need to refer out for that. You know, sometimes we uncover issues that, you know, are just too big 
for I'm not a clinical psychologist I'm not trained for that and sometimes I need to refer out for that but you know for the most part we can uncover some feelings that can be directed in other places apart from food and then massive work on self-image then you know clean out your social media like who needs to know there's there's some sites that just shouldn't be we shouldn't have access to have a look at some more inspirational positive body image sites as well yeah Uh, that to me is the work that needs to be done that isn't, it, it's not done often enough. You know, we'll put, and I say we as the health industry collectively, whether that be, I'll say it even natural health and medical health, we put people on eating programs to lose weight, but we don't do the work behind that or we don't send them to somebody else who can do the work behind that. And it's cool if you're not comfortable to do it yourself, but it will not work. It will not work for long term unless the mind work is done as well. It has to be done together. Yeah. And do you use anything like affirmations or, um, yeah, various things like that? Do you get them to talk yeah. to themselves in the mirror? I've done lots yep. of various things over the years. <laughs> yep, loads of different stuff. We usually come up with an affirmation that is that resonates with them um one of the things that we do first though is figure out the the first key is to figure out what emotion that they eat on and that's usually the homework that we that i give out to people and that has to be done when you're not in the middle of that emotion because obviously Mm. it's really hard to identify at that point but it's identifying your own patterns and then let's say um it is sadness uh, that the person, you know, when they feel sad, they'll reach for the cupboard. Then there's a whole, it's almost like an action plan. And this is one of the things that Glenn helped me with as well. And it's, he has it on his website for free. Uh, I think we have it on Verve as well. And you can go through and go, okay, instead of, instead of eating because I'm sad, I could, um, go for a walk around the block. I could do some research. I could, you know, whatever resonates with that person. So it's a, it's a, it's a working, it's a working collaboration and I'll come up with a suggestion and some will go, are you kidding? I'd like never do that in a million years. (laughs) Dreaming. Okay. Well, that's cool. What would you do? What I would do and what you would do, of course, are two different things. So we need to come up with an individualized plan that resonates with that person. And then you whack it on the fridge whack it on your pantry because when you're in the middle of one of those emotions it's in your it's in your primitive brain out the back here and it's it there's almost no um executive thought that Mm. is is taken so you need something that will stop that um the lizard brain from working and apply some executive prefrontal thought and i usually explain to people you know your prefrontal cortex here takes a load of glucose to actually use and that's why after a day of training you're so tired even though you've done nothing except sit and listen and learn because there's a heap of glucose so everything that your body can shunt back into the back of the animal brain that doesn't use very much glucose it will do so all you need to do is stick with it for a little while and implement your prefrontal cortex a little bit and then it will recognise it's a new habit and shift it yeah. back into the back of your brain. And yeah. I know that this works. I've done this as have, you know, many other people. So mm. instead of reaching for something, it, it, you, you might still have that like walk to the fridge but then you go, oh, no, 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 I don't you know, it's not going to make it better. I know it's not going to make it better. And then there is like the one that I learned. This was mine in particular, was sitting with uncomfortable feelings. Yeah, it's a big one. Just, they, won't, they won't kill you. Yeah, they won't totally. Yeah, they last something like three to four minutes usually and then they pass. 
Yeah, and it's hard because we mm. are taught, you know, not to be uncomfortable and we live in a society that has got every device under the world and solution and I could Google everything. So I think there's a little bit of, I don't want to say responsibility, it's not the right word, but there's a little bit of, I don't want to feel bad and I don't have to feel bad because I've got all these choices and I'm told that I never have to feel bad. I could make all of these choices. You know what? Sometimes you just have to sit with it yep. and let the process go and it will go. But that's yeah. quite, that takes a while to do. Um, yeah. And that's certainly not, not something that I would expect people to be able to do off the, you know, if you've got a history of emotional eating, that's real tough to do right at the start. That's, totally. that's a bit for the track. Yeah. Yeah, that whole sitting with the uncomfortable. Uh, are you a fan of Brene Brown's work? Have you no, I don't know. You'll oh, have you don't to know Brene Brown. Ah, so Brene no, Brown. I'm, I'm actually relatively new to the whole natural health industry because I was like much older when I came in. So there's oh, all of these superstars that I've not heard of. She's not a naturopath, but she's more in the psych sort of world. And um, so she has written several books and she has done research into shame and guilt and oh you'd probably love her you've got to look her up um brene brown so b-r-e-n-e and um yeah so she talks about stepping into the arena and going through the rumble and um that if you're not in the arena you don't get an opinion if you haven't been through the rumble you're never going to come out the other side and it's all about you know showing vulnerabilities and coming out growth the growth on the other side so very much similar to what you were just saying so i thought oh maybe she's a brene brown fan <laughs> well i i, I am now <laughs> yeah <laughs> because that's very close to um very close to my philosophy actually yeah. there's a there's a quote, Theodore Roosevelt actually has a quote that's not unlike that. Um, it's a longer quote, I won't bore you with the details, but essentially it goes along the lines of, you know, it's not the critic who counts, it's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbled, it's the person who was in the arena. So yeah. it talks about it's really easy to criticise other people and to, to cut them down, which actually probably brings me to the other point that I would encourage people to do. Um, mm. But different when you're in the arena, if yeah. you're in the arena, it's it's you and you're the only person that matters because you're actually doing the hard work of being in the arena. And it is, it can be tough. It's really tough to change mindset, but it absolutely can be done. I, I've, I've been lucky enough to have some amazing help that I've been able to do it. But, you know, I don't think I'm anything more than the average person. So I, if I can do it, then I know other people can do it as well. But it does help to have supportive people around you and some good health professionals, whoever resonates with you. It's really good to be able to hold a good relationship with the person that you're working with as well. Um, because that's another thing, you know, most of the evidence points to it's a, it's a team effort. The more support that you have around you, then the more likely you are to be successful. And I think that's true of most things really. Totally. We yeah. just don't often think of weight management as a bit of a team, a team effort. We sort of think it's a very lonely, I'm on a diet. Yeah. I can't go to your place because I'm on a diet. Totally, totally. And I grew up in a family where it's been generations of dieters and it's only like, I guess, once I started getting pregnant and having kids, I was just like, ugh. I'm just getting rid of that whole mentality because it just doesn't serve. So, but you know, we become products of our environment a hundred percent. Very much. 
Mm. Very much so. And I think um, that would be one of the things that I think people today could walk away with as some really great action plans that they could do with either out, without even having to see a professional. The first thing I would say to people is clean out your social media um, because one of the, again, studies have shown, and that's what I mean, there's so much evidence around this, it's crazy to me that it's not out there. Oh, probably because no one would make money out of it. Um, <laughs> clean out your social media because the evidence shows us that the more time spent on social media, the more likely you are to have body dissatisfaction. Mm. Body dissatisfaction is more likely to lead to poorer self-image, which is more likely to lead to yo-yo dieting and or um, uh, dieting style issues so eating disorder yeah. style issues yeah. so uh, you, you know who, nobody needs to compare themselves to i don't even know who's good looking these days <laughs> who do i admire i'll see i admire all people like this like people that have got athletic ability because i think that's an ability not a look yeah, yeah. Anyway, whoever's cool right now i'm clearly <laughs> old i don't know what's <laughs> oh i you know what wendy i don't even own a tv so yeah i oh, wouldn't be able to tell you either <laughs> We're Beautiful. There we go. <laughs> so social media is the first place I'd start. And the other thing I think, and this is really hard, try and go a day without criticising a body part of your own body or, or yourself. That's and then one. if you manage that, don't criticise anybody else's because they, our kids and all of the people around us, all of our little people with great big ears yes. learn their body image from everyone around us. And if they hear us criticizing ourselves and our bodies or anybody else's, then they think that's normal. And then they will start doing that. And body image, like for me, I can't emphasize enough how body image is the big underlier here. You know, there's, we're talking about obesity epidemics and blah, 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 blah. And I really think that the greater crisis that we are experiencing is a body image crisis and i think that this is a better place to start than banging on about it's it's an obesity crisis let's start with you know what do we think of ourselves you know i and that's where i use affirmations and things like that so today i did strength training at my gym and i lifted i had been actually injured for quite a few weeks so i lifted a, a weight that i never thought that i'd be able to with because i'd been injured for the last two months so when i was having show i'm like thank you legs being so strong and and being able to hold me through that lift i really appreciate you awesome stuff like that yeah um but i don't think there's enough of it and i think we compare ourselves too much to other people and we're less likely to engage in healthy behaviors if we've got poor body image so that's another you know there's about another 15 studies that talk about that as well so this is really well researched stuff the, the lack of success of restrictive dieting, really well-researched. Body image and uh, less likely to look after ourselves, really well, really well-researched. But if you look at the ads for diets, there'll be that, you know, um, that slight fear of, you know, you're not, you're not good enough. You, it, it drives fear. So it's actually mm-hmm. driving the opposite of what will help us. Yeah. And, and I think, I think, I think we're we're at a point now. I, I see the time changing. Actually, there's a bunch of women out there, and you were you were talking about some of the people you spoke to. I don't know if you've heard of Taryn Bromfit. She's no. an Australian. No. Oh, she's she's unreal, and I would encourage every single person to follow her. So okay. she um, she won one of the 
body sculpting competition. So she had a really poor self-image, thought she'd enter this competition, trained for it, looked awesome on stage, and she says it was the most miserable I've ever been in my life. Oh, I have read about her. Yes. 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 Well, she's just just, um, released a new book, Embrace is her book. And she is... Oh, yes. So... You know, there's a, there's. I see the tide changing now. I think people are tired of being put in a box, and and they're tired of being told that they should dislike themselves because of the way that they look. And I see that as nothing but positive. Yeah. You know, because if you look at like, there's such a massive stigma around weight that if there is indeed all of the health issues that are apparently associated with larger people, all the stigma around weight means that they're less likely to seek help from yeah. health professionals they feel they're going to be criticised, which is what has been the case in the past. So it's this terrible cacophony of, of media and social issues, but I reckon we start with body, body image. That's, that's, I think, everyone should and could easily start with. Yep. Yeah. Ours and everybody else's too. Oh, totally. I love that. I love the, your approach and the simplicity of it. And like you said, it's not the easy road by any means, but it's the long road. It's the longevity. It's the sustainable way. So if somebody wants to live a healthy life and feel good in their skin, well, this is the better way to go. Yeah, and this is a a gift that you can give yourself lifelong. Having a good relationship with yourself is... Mm This is the cornerstone of making good decisions for yourself as well. I mean, I know how many poor decisions that I made because I didn't like myself. You know, yep. my first marriage was very clearly one um, because yep. I didn't like myself and I was afraid to be alone. So I married a person I didn't like. So there's a bunch of decisions that we make out of dislike of ourselves. And I think, you know, if if there was a better, if, if we could get obtain better body image and and there's a bunch of organizations also out there that can really help with this butterfly foundation do an excellent job as well in regards to helping people with body image um i I really reckon that's the start you know just reducing the stigma around what other people look like stop casting judgment on other people and then focusing on health markers rather than weight markers so if you know if we've got health professionals working with with bigger people let's not make the the scales the end result you know we've got pathology results let's make their blood pressure their their you know at the risk of opening up a whole can of worms their cholesterol levels their um their liver (laughs) enzymes their you know their their kidney function you know the hba1c the glucose test let's make those reasonable markers of what their health is like because the weight is only going to tell you what their weight is. It's not going to tell you what's inside them. Yeah. You know, what's the like then? So I encourage client, my clients and any other health professional that, you know, wants to hear the way that I work, um, I, I encourage people to make goals. If you want to make a body composition goal, that's okay. I'd, I'd still prefer it to be in centimetres rather than a, a weight on a scale. But yeah. we need to make some goals around, you know, what's your energy, you know, lifting energy level, level if you're fatigued or, mm. you know, your fasting glucose if that's really high. Something that is not related to weight. Yes. Because it's it's a false it's a false measure. It doesn't doesn't show anything really yeah you know if your resting heart rate is a classic one if you're starting Mm -hmm. to exercise you know what's your resting heart rate is that has that changed those are those are real measurable differences in health and i think that's 
the area that we should be working towards. Certainly as health professionals, I encourage it. And, you know, just as the average person, if you want to make a New Year's resolution because, heaven forbid, Christmas is coming up, don't make it about wanting to lose 10 kilos. Make it about, you know, I want to do my first fun run in, you know, five months. So I'm going yeah. to start a graduated training program yeah. to, to do that. You know, yeah. I'm going to increase my cardiovascular fitness and I'm going to be able to measure that because I'll learn to take my pulse and I'll, you know, my resting heart rate will drop. Those kind of things, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, if I've had bloating my entire life, then let's work on gut function. Weight's not necessarily the issue there. I suppose yeah. that's what I would encourage people to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's all really doable and you can get those measurements and tangible results. So, and that's what people need to see just to keep them going when it's a long term as well. Yeah. Look, and we are, you know, we are creatures that do like to see results. That's, there's no doubt about that. Um, I think, you know, we just need to be looking at the right measures because the ones we've used in the past are not always going to serve us well. And I don't think they're consistent with long-term values. You know, the long-term value should be a society that has a great respect for themselves and other people because they have such respect for themselves in their own body. They actually do put good whole foods into their body because then they can, they're so in touch with their body. They understand how it feels. They understand the difference between eating whole food and processed food, not because of the nutritional value or how many calories are in it or any of that sort of crap, but Oh, I understand now when I eat, when I eat my leafy greens, my guts doesn't feel as bad and I can actually go to the toilet. When I start eating, you know, white bread again, I feel really bloated and my mind doesn't work very well. So let's make the choice to have those greens because we're so in touch with our body that we appreciate our body that we want it to work really well. Not because of the calories or any of that sort of stuff. I move my body because there is joy to movement and it is about taking the time to smell the roses, figuratively speaking. Yeah. And do whatever it is that you know, like you don't have to walk, you don't have to join a gym. I train at a gym because I love it, but yep. there's so many options now. It's so amazing. Do yoga, Pilates, CrossFit, gym, you know, walk, swim, ride, whatever. I've Tai-chi. just started oh. salsa dancing. Oh my God, yes. So fun. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I did, um, I did something, oh, it was, it was so unreal, but I couldn't find one that was locally to me. And it was a combination between dance and a therapy dance. It was so fun. Oh, is it called Nia? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was nice. so fun. It was really so nice. Fun. And super feminine and just letting you just like move with your body. It's, yeah, amazing. And so there's, um, so stuff there's a, like that, like that yes. never used to be considered exercise. And you don't even have to well, use the word exercise, just like move your body. Movement. So I, 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 for that reason, I try and use movement. Yeah. So let's just move. We just yeah. need to move. Uh, lights out yoga as well. That's a, a, not, not lights out yoga. Lights out dancing. Dancing in the dark. One of those. But yeah. they basically turn the lights down and just put some music on and everyone just dances. So, good. so the, there's a little bit of light, enough so you don't like smash into people. <laughs> but not, yes. not so much that you feel self-conscious about what you're yes. doing. Yeah. Lights out, lights out. Oh, what is it? Lights out lycra. That's right. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah, in yeah. quite a few different places now. So there's, there is a bunch of stuff that, yeah. that's out that's there. And those and, ones and are alcohol very... and drug free as well, which is good. Yeah. And uh, that also, the interesting thing that's, thank you for, for bringing it up too, it, it rewards, mm. rewards um, for yourself 
you know, they need to be non-food related. Yes. Um, and, and I find that really tricky even as a parent because, you know, oh, we'll have a treat, we'll have a brownie. It comes out of your mouth because that's the thing that you Perfect. say. But, well, that's right. But you know what? I don't, I'm not a dog. I don't need a treat. <laughs> if I want to have a brownie because I actually really want to enjoy a brownie, that's fine. Yeah. I just really recognise that it's a sometimes food because if I have it all the time, it changes the way my body feels. Yeah. And it changes the way my brain feels. Yeah. And then it's, it becomes those sometimes foods terminology rather than the terminology of treat food. There's no good food. There's no bad food. There's just food. Yeah. There's food that probably help my body move better. And there's food that's not as good for my body. But even all of those, you know, because if I eat bad food, does that make me a bad person? No. Cheat day. Yeah. Cheat day is my, my I dislike that word. I dislike it. What am I cheating on? Yeah, I, I know, right? Why do I need to cheat today? I'm not a cheat. Yeah. Just, just be <laughs> healthy. Yeah, or just, yeah. you know, if I want my brownie, I have my brownie, but I, I stop at one, I eat it yeah. mindfully, yeah. I eat it so I enjoy it. I understand exactly what it does to my body and I appreciate the reasons why I stop at one. Yeah. I'm going to go about my life and I'll have, you know, whole food for the rest of my day and for most of the next day. But certainly I don't withdraw any food out of my diet because it's supposedly a bad food. I just recognise what it does to me. So yeah. choose not to eat it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. I think that's a great way to approach it. That's how I tend to approach it too most of the time. And then, you know, sometimes things sneak in and I'm like, oh, we, we bought some chips last week for a party and we've been snacking on them every day this week, <laughs> you know, yes. stuff like that. And I just go, oh, yes. okay, so it's time to like just get rid of those. <laughs> I, and I've just come back from um, it's school holidays. I'm not sure if it's, uh, yes, yeah, so yeah, it's school it holidays is. in Queensland. I just realised yeah. you're in Queensland as well. Um, it's school holidays here. So I've just come back from five days with my family. Uh, we went up to Yapoon. That's where my nice. husband's family is from. And, you know, like I had a couple of red wines every night. I had a lot of cheese, a lot of crackers, <laughs> a lot of sometimes food every yeah. day yeah. and I feel it so I, I I've shaved out those sometimes foods not because they're bad food but, but I recognize how that made me feel yeah so I feel a bit bloated and I, my tummy's not working as well as it does and my brain's a bit you know it's a bit cotton woolly so yeah. those sometimes food when we go back into the real world have <laughs> got shaved out because they I understand the effect they have on my body and that's the bit that I encourage people to tune into because we have everything inside of us everything is inside of us to be able to give us all the signals it's just that we sort of lost touch really yeah totally totally I agree so it's like a big lesson in conscious awareness and yeah. getting back in tune it's a nice way of putting it yeah, yeah, it's nice. And it might sound really simple. I think for, for some of us um, in this industry, we, we sort of take it a little bit for granted, but I think there's a bunch of people out there that could really use some of the philosophy that we have as naturopaths because we, you know, I think we recognise the importance of balance and um, all the good naturopaths I've ever spoken to understand that uh, the world is the world and we need to live in the world. It's not like we can isolate ourselves in um, mung bean eating communities. Um, but it is about balance and it's really about being in touch with your body. And certainly I know one of the things at our clinic here, we, we really try and teach that knowledge to our to our clients so that they have that knowledge themselves. So the idea is that they can be self-managed yes. in the end and they don't need to see us all the time. So I yeah. think we do that really well and I, I still go back to, I think this is actually a perfect industry 
to help people who feel they have a weight management or a weight issue. I'm not sure that everybody does. Everybody who thinks they have a weight management issue does. Mm. But I think that's even more reason why we're in a great industry that understands the concept of mind, body, spirit and how it all works together. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So, Wendy, if people would like to find you, how can they get in touch? So I work at a gorgeous clinic called Verve Natural Health and we're located in North Lakes. Um, so we have a website, just Google us and all of our details are on the website. There are two of us at work here, Emily and myself, um, and the, all the details are basically on there. You can book online. Uh, any events that we have coming up are online as well and all the services that we do. So we do lots of different stuff as well. Um, I also really enjoy working with um, women's hormones, PCOS as um, something that I've and fertility is something that I've um, been looking at a lot and really enjoy. Emily likes skin and gut and thyroid, and so between the two of us, <laughs> we like Get lots of different things. And, and we'll, look, in the end, we we are holistic practitioners. Yeah. So we look at everything anyway. Yeah. Everything works together. Totally, totally. We can't just isolate anything. And no. are you on social media as well, Wendy? So Verve Natural Health is on social media, like us on Facey. Yes. Uh, we don't have an Insta yet. We're working towards Insta, um, but we're on Facey. So just like us and anything that uh, we throw up. So we throw lots of different stuff up. Some stuff is weight, some stuff is not. There is a bunch of blogs, particularly on the website, that if people are really interested in non-dieting, then I would direct them towards the blogs because there's quite a few uh, myths about weight loss on there, you know, the we call BS on superfoods. There's a bunch of different blogs if that's an area of interest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get really tired of that. Oh, really? It's a superfood. Oh, oh, my God, it's a vegetable. Yes, of course it's a superfood. <laughs> my goodness, man. Yeah, I, I roll my eyes with it. Oh, and the new superfood, really? Seriously? Just eat vegetables and I'm fine. Totally. I agree. Well, Wendy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here today. Thank you so much for being courageous and brave and stepping into the arena and sharing your wonderful story and sharing your passion with us all because it obviously has been a very long road and I love the way that you have integrated all your learnings into now what you can present to the world. So thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome, Amy. Um, thank you for inviting me to come on. I really, I really appreciate the opportunity. I really hope that somebody who's listening out there, if it gives them just one person an idea that maybe there's another way, then that'd be great. And just the idea that we are all, we are all beautiful human beings in our own right. And we, if we just get back to, you know, the bodies, we, our bodies were built for a reason. It's not about what we look like. It's about what we can do with them. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you, Amy. Have yourself a beautiful day. I shall. Bye.